Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ten phrases that may hurt your wrestler's performance. Welcome back to Mindset Monday. Gene and Jeff Zanetti from Wrestling Mindset, your coast-to-coast mindset coaches. Wrestling Mindset is a wrestling-specific sports psychology program. We work with wrestlers and teams across the country, country overcoming mental blocks and helping you win. Hence the name Winning Mindset, Wrestling Mindset. So here we are. What are 10 phrases that destroy athletes' confidence? Or not destroy, but it could, it could get you shaky. We've seen it. That's right. We'll get into the 10. But it's basically phrases that everyone's going to say at some point, but we have to be careful about, right? Things that might hurt a wrestler's confidence. It might make them more nervous. So we've got to be aware of these things that, you know, there are, there's a time to say them, most of them anyway, but usually we want to avoid these phrases. So we'll go through that. And it's very nuanced, which is why this one needs a podcast. And, and, and here's the thing. We, we intentionally made this to dig deeper than the surface level, because chances are most of you being good coaches, good parents, you know that, they, like, you know, if you tell the kid you suck is terrible to their confidence, you should never say that. And you might even be reported to child services right but so so we you know that you don't need us to tell you that you don't need wrestling mindset to tell you that you don't tell the kid he sucks it's like what are some little things you might not be aware of that you probably say that we've said when we were coaches and have had said to us that subtly casts doubt in the mind of a wrestler that's our goal with this podcast 10 subtle phrases here yeah that doesn't make for an interesting um Title for a, a YouTube video, though. That's why we got we to gotta change that a little bit. Okay, number one, give up one, but not two, right? Maybe we start with the most controversial um, phrase on the list, give up one, but not two, which obviously a wrestler needs to understand that concept. It's better to have someone stand up and give up one point than two points, right? That's basic math and logic. But how can that hurt a wrestler? We came in, this was hilarious. We came in the National Wrestling Coaches Convention. I think it was a year or two that we did this. And we had this, and we went through this list with them. Now, remember, our first years to do, that was 15 years ago. So we're coming in at about 23, 24, 25 years old. 
easily the youngest people there. We're in front of coaches, you know, top level coaches, college coaches in the country. And the first thing we put on the list is give up one, not two. Not because it's number one on the list because of any kind of rank order, but because it was the first one that came into our mind. And right away, it's a fight. Not a real fight, but we're getting the back, the back talk about why would you say that? So first of all, we'll say this one, there's a lot of exceptions to this rule. But the bottom line is we know there's a lot of wrestlers and we were like this. We had coaches that told us a lot of times, not all of our coaches, but certain coaches when we were younger, basically making like it's a bad thing to get reversed. Um, and of course, you don't want to get reversed. And if, it, if the issue is in doubt, you want to get up, you want to, you do want to give up the one or not get caught on your back, push the guy away. But the point is a lot of coaches are saying this and parents are saying this way too early. And what the kid hears, this is what we have to keep in mind. It's what the kid hears. What the kid is hearing you say when you when you constantly repeat, give up one but not two, is I don't believe in you on top. So don't say it. That's right. And and it takes them away from it, it makes top look defensive. Right, give up one, not two. It's like top position is called offense, right? We talk about that sometimes as well. You're an offense on top. You need to think offensively, right? You could score the most points the quickest from the top position, which is essentially why it's called offense, right? Like in any other sport, you score the most points on offense. So when you're saying give up one but not two, oftentimes they, they start to look at that as a defensive thing. I, I don't want to give up two. You know, no, get some points. Score, turn them, pin them. This was a new concept to me when I came when I went into college, and one of the coaches on the team at Rutgers was Darren Schulman, two-time All-American for Syracuse, wrestled with Gene Mills, and one of the, and we used to wrestle a lot on the mat. And I remember thinking, like, well, I don't want to get reversed. I told him somehow we were talking about it. He, he just ride me for hours. It seemed like there, but you know, I learned how to wrestle on top. In any event, I said, well, I don't want to get reversed. And he's like, well, it's no big deal if you get reversed and you just reverse him, and it's like nothing happened. And as basic as that sounds, I, I came from a totally different school of wrestling in my head where you don't put yourself in the position where you could get reversed. And then when I had private conversations with other wrestlers who I saw as being very good on top and who were objectively very good on top, um, Jake Pataxel, when he was the coach over at Hofstra, who basically teched through the Midlands when he was retired from wrestling and just a hammer on top and spoke to David Taylor about this and I think maybe also Gregor Gillespie and, and basically the, what they all had in common on top was they said, like, I was never afraid of getting reversed. You know, and Pataxel even said that in his turn, when he's on top, he takes the guy's wrist. He pulls it all the way across his his focal point, his cue. He's thinking about putting his shoulder to the mat. So he's actually thinking about pinning himself when he's on top. And he said it actually happened twice in his life where he self pinned. And as funny as it sounds, that's why he's a hammer on top. Forget about not worrying about giving up one. He he's not concerned about the defensive fall. I'm not saying that he's not he's trying to do that, but it's not making him afraid on top. And that's what makes someone like him and David Taylor deadly. Okay, it's a long explanation for number one, but important. Number two, we need bonus points. So right before a match, going up to your athlete, someone on the team, your kid, son or daughter. All right, we need bonus points today. Well, we always want both. First of all, we don't need anything. We, we want it, right? We, use the, we don't want to use as strong of language, which we might get to that later in this as well. But we want bonus points. But we should always be looking for bonus points. The idea is to empty the tank every match, right? To put a full effort into every match. And if you do that, oftentimes you're going to get bonus points. So one of the things when you tell someone they need bonus points, a lot of times they get too nervous. 
because if they give up the first takedown or if they're only up by two points after the first period, now they're thinking I'm, I'm not doing my job, right? But the job is always to score as many points as you possibly can. Right. And you hear this a lot more often in, in high school, even though my story is going to be about college. <laughs> but you usually hear this in high school and it puts too much pressure. We've seen wrestlers time and again say this puts a lot of pressure on them. We've even saw it, didn't, wasn't it in the, in the South? It was the South Plainfield Cranford match a few years ago, right? One of the guys didn't get, well, won't name people, but he didn't get the bonus points. And he, and he threw his headgear and wound up losing it for the team. Right? I don't, I don't remember, but I, you, would if I, you would if I give you the names, but I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. So in, any event, <laughs> so in any event, it's like the point is, then the kid doesn't get the bonus points, even though he's trying like mad to score and the other guy's trying to stall. Uh, you know, then he's getting frustrated. He chucks his headgear, wins by seven instead of eight, and then the team ties and they wind up are losing the match on the bonus point criteria. My story is from college. We're wrestling Brown University. Rutgers, Rutgers, Brown going against each other. Our twenty. I'm wrestling a 157, and I know I'm wrestling against Mike Savino. Um, great family from New Jersey. We know them well. Mark Savino's up my insurance agent over Northwestern Mutual, one of the groups that we work with, Northwestern Mutual. Well, I'm going up against um, Mike Savino, who I knew from high school is very tough, and um, we we lost a couple matches. And then right before I go out there, Coach Sachi pats me on the back. All right, Zanetti, we need bonus points. And I'm like. Whoa, I knew who the guy was and I knew it was going to be a tough match. And I'm not saying that's why I wound up losing the match. But it's I remember the last thing I thought going, my last thought entering on the mat was, I don't know if that's going to happen. And you don't want your wrestler to step on the mat saying, I don't know that's what's going to happen. You want to be thinking, okay, get to your offense. So I wound up losing that match and that couldn't have helped. Couldn't have helped. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> And he was very good. He later beat, you know, he later beat Derek Zink. So, you know. He was a two-time All-American from Lehigh. It was, it was a few years back now. People might not know. And probably right, definitely one of the top three wrestlers I've ever gone against. So, I mean, like, you know, Savino's tough. So, shout out to that whole family. That's right. Wrestlers in business, Princeton and Northwestern Mutual, as you said. Number three, a win's a win. A win is a win. So by definition, if a win is a win, a loss is a loss, right? So you're telling people you're focusing too much on the outcome. So it seems hard, harmless. Somebody comes off the mat, <laughs> they want a match, and they're, they're not happy with their performance, which could be a good thing, right? Just because you win doesn't mean you wrestle well. And you're like, eh, no worries, a, a win's a win. By definition, that makes a loss a loss. And then we become too focused on the outcome. Yeah, uh, that's what usually happens. They focus too much on the outcome. Get it off the outcome. That's right. A win's a win. Usually harmless, but sometimes that can hurt their performance. Thinking too much about the outcome. Number Pray four. Correct. Pray mindset. Number four, all that matters is March. So you lose to someone during the season and the coach comes up to you. That's all right. All that matters is March. Everyone's like, yeah, you're going to get them in March. All that matters is March. And then what happens in March? Then you wonder why your kids come to us. Then you why you coaches what then you then you coaches wonder why you're coming to us and you're like my kid was like a deer in the headlights when he stepped out at Atlantic City because and, and we had, do that all the time because you had because you had against our best advice that we've been saying for years because against our best advice you have the you have the calendar on the board where you're ripping it off it's like 17 days till states 16 days till states 15 days till states they, the kid's been looking at it the whole year and now it's finally here they got that countdown in um. 
they got the countdown at the Olympic Training Center, which is great for spectators. But as far as the guys who are actually training there, it's like they know when the Olympics are. You think they need a countdown? It's for spectators. They take it down. I think I think one of the first years we worked at Bergen Catholic, they had that up, right? How many days they had it posted up? How many days until the state tournament? And then, you know, we probably talked about it the first time that they shouldn't have that. And I think the second time we ripped it down. <laughs> we ripped down. They don't need this. We told them, why don't, you get a, why don't you give us a volunteer to go and rip that down? I think we did that. We, we recommended that happen also at Rutgers, too. And they had the rankings posted. Like, why don't you just go ahead and tear that down since none of that matters? And we've used extreme examples with, with our individual clients. We had them light the stuff on fire in a controlled setting and everything. But like at home, sometimes these extreme examples help. So like they'll write down their doubts, fears, insecurities. And then we're like, now light it on fire. Or write down or like take the rankings, take the newspaper. It's like, throw it in your fire. But, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, again, in a controlled setting, like always under your parent's supervision. But sometimes these extreme examples, they illustrate the point. Yeah. And then and then also logically, it's not even true. All that matters is March. We get it. It's the it's the postseason. It's the peak of the season. Right. You would want to be most successful there. Doesn't mean the other matches are not important. I'm sure mo a lot of the most memorable matches that a lot of people have had are not in the postseason, right? That builds confidence that they learn from. And and just the reality is if you beat somebody good during the season, it's like, or you wrestle really well, that's important too. Everything, everything's important, but nothing is special. Right. And now even and now even more so than ever before. Because when, when you're looking at it now, they, everything is covered by flow wrestling. So we've seen guys getting college college scholarships from preseason tournaments because it's like the coaches know. They see it. So it's basically like the pressure is on all the time now. And for, for most people, the goal of wrestling should be to get you in the best school that you possibly can, because most people are not going to be professional wrestlers. Um, yeah, we're talking about the concrete goal. Of, I mean, of course, you have your goals of competitive goals. And the, the bigger goal is building virtue, of course. But as far as the concrete goal, it's using wrestling to get you in the best school you possibly can, uh, possibly a scholarship. And if you could get that scholarship from off-season tournaments or Fargo and these kind of things, it's like, hey, it's not all that matters is March. Yeah, rest, using wrestling as a vehicle to build virtue, but just to improve your life. And if getting into a better school improves your life, then that's a win, right? Wrestling helped you in an important way. Okay, number five, we changed it a little bit from the, the blog. If you, if you look back to the blog, which we'll post in the show notes, it said, I, cannot, I can't accept losing. I really haven't heard many coaches say that to an athlete. So I took that one off and I replaced it with something that I think is more common, which is we have to wrestle mistake free now, right? Maybe it's going into the postseason. All right, we made all these mistakes. We got to we got to wrestle mistake free now. Again, that's something that I think is just going to add pressure and it's unrealistic. And frankly, the benefit of a wrestling like a sport like wrestling, you can make mistakes, right? You can make a mistake. There's certain mistakes you can't make in a match. Right. You're, in any given match, there's going to be mistakes that have been made. If you break down your positioning, you know, just, you know, what you did at every single moment, there's there's going to be breakdowns in your technique or positioning. So it's like mistakes are going to be made. So saying that we need to wrestle mistake free now is just it's probably going to add pressure. It's not going to happen. And realistically, it's just going to make them think too much. <laughs> that, that's right. And that's one of the things I like about the sport. I'm not a perfectionist. It's like a gymnastics. Like if you fall. You're done, basically. It's like you're probably not going to win that big. You c it could happen and stuff, but like, chances are you fall off the balance beam and you're in a, you're you're a women gymnast, you're female gymnast, girls gymnast. You're probably not going to win that event. Whereas in wrestling, it's you get thrown to your back and you come back and beat the guy. So it's kind of like um, 
don't know, to me, it's kind of like life because it's like, yeah, you might, you might fail a business endeavor because you, but you could just get back and you could start a new business in life. Like it, failure is not final. Whereas in a lot of sports failure that day, it, like one mistake can cost, of course, a mistake can cost you in wrestling too. You get thrown to your back, you get pinned. And even if you weren't pinned, what were you doing on your back? Like, don't blame the ref. That's on you. Number six, you should or shouldn't beat this guy or girl. So a lot of times coaches will go through the, you know, the past box scores. You're looking at the matchups. Like, all right, this person should win. This person shouldn't win. If you're going to do that, definitely don't do that around your athletes. <laughs> do that among the coaches, right? You should or shouldn't beat someone. Um, not something that they need to hear. Right. And that's the point. That's why you wrestle matches, whether they should or they shouldn't. They can win the match. Right. So don't don't shoot on them. Yeah, I was just going to say that's going to be my opening line. Don't shoot on me. And this goes back to Joel Fish, who was the sports psychologist for the University of Pennsylvania back when we were there. He also coached all the Philly, the Philly teams. I, I think that's true. But that's, I, that's my understanding was he worked with the, the Phillies, the Flyers, the 76ers and the Eagles all the teams that the teams by us hate basically because we're in the New York region. But nonetheless, we have a lot of friends in Philly. And he said to me when I went and met with him as a sports psychologist, par partially for career advice, partially to help my own wrestling career. And I just lost to Andrew Flanagan at Vegas in the first match. And I felt like, I, and I felt like I should have won and everything. I felt like I was definitely, I know I was capable of beating him, but it didn't work out in my favor that match. I was like, I should have done this. I should have did that. And he just calmly listened and said, you know, you, you said should a lot of times in the last minute. And I said, I didn't even realize it. And he said, that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself. So a quick break from today's podcast. Wrestling season is here. Wrestling Mindset is the number one wrestling specific program anywhere in the world. This season, make sure to work with a wrestling mindset coach to get the mental edge so that you could build confidence, stay motivated and bring out your best when it means the most. Wrestling Mindset works with hundreds of wrestlers and teams each year. We have a special offer this season for our podcast listeners. Go to our website at WrestlingMindset.com. Click on the free trial session. Type your name and information. In the last section, you'll see additional information. Type in podcast discount. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount, and teams will have a $200 discount for any team program. Again, go to WrestlingMindset.com. Click on the free trial session. Type in podcast discount under additional information. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount in their first month, and teams will receive a $200 discount in any team program. Get the mental edge today. Now back to our podcast. Instead of using words like I want to, I choose to, or I'm going to, not I should, where it sounds like a Jehovian command coming down from God, where it's like, thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal. It's like, this is wrestling. It's at the end of the day, it's a sport. It's recreation. It's a sport we care deeply about and we want to win but we don't have to win so taking out words like should must have to need to ought to gotta that's a big thing you might hear so a should can be disguised many ways by a must have to ought to gotta need to all those are subsumed in the category of should so when we say should that's really code you could say for must ought to need to have to or gotta so Eliminate those and say you want to, you're going to, you choose to. Right. Number seven, some obvious hints to stall. Circle, hang on, drop to the ankle. So end of the match, you're up by a point or two, and it's just circle, circle, circle. 
And it, basically, you're just thinking defense, defense, defense. Don't don't blow it. Basically, you're you're telling them don't blow it. Right. I, I can't, we got to repeat that one because I just kept thinking about the. We're talking about the wrestlers, so I'm thinking back to Flanagan, and I, and it's like it's like he actually packed me later on in the year. <laughs> he's a real good wrestler too from Harvard, two-time New Jersey State champ. Shout out to all he's doing over at Boundbrook. He coaches at Boundbrook still, right? Where his alma mater? I'm not. It might be Somerville. Might Somerville. Be Somerville. But anyway, circle, hang on, don't drop to the ankle. So we see it a lot. A coach will say, don't drop to the ankle or drop to the ankle at the end of the match. Okay. Well, maybe I was riding somebody the entire match with the, you know, whatever, spiral, leg in. And now I'm going to change it the last 10 seconds just because there's 10 seconds left. Now, if that's part of my strategy and I'm good at that, then do it. If it's not, if I'm really good at legs or, you know, a spiral, stick with what you're good at. So the idea is don't change it up just because there's short time in the match. If something's working, stick with that. Yeah, and right away I think about Greg's match with Weatherman. So Greg, Rutgers University, wrestling Tanner Weatherman from Iowa State, real good wrestler. And, I mean, Greg's beating him. Greg lost him, I think, once or twice by this point, or maybe it was only once at that point. Sure. And, and now they're wrestling dual meet at the rack. And Greg's winning by a point, and it's like – it's and it seemed like he was riding him for a while. What was it? Whether it was time, he had riding time. Yeah. Was he was he riding him with legs or something like that? Or I don't know what it was, but spiral, you know, spiral point, claw legs. What point is he was he was winning and they go out they go out of bounds. There's like ten seconds left, and Greg, I don't think he like dropped to an ankle. It was just like a very tentative on top. But it was like it, there wasn't a definitive go for it, like kind of like it was before. And the kid wound up getting out in like eight seconds. And then wound up, you know, stealing the match in overtime. So I mean, the kid, I mean, Greg, you know, for if you're if you're winning the whole match and you have riding time, you basically got it stole from you at the end. I mean, the, Greg wrestled better that match, but the kid basically took it from him, which you could do. You don't have to be the better wrestler. Not to say the kid wasn't capable because he beat Greg before, but that's what happens when you change. And that was a salient point in our head. And then you go back to Ray Jazikoff, who's one of our wrestling mindset coaches and one of our club featured presenters. And with him, he was in the county finals the next year, I think it was, or two years later, and the point was fresh in our mind. And he's wrestling Butita? I believe so, yeah. And who was a state finalist. So at the time, okay, Ray Jazz, All-American now in WWE phenomena, but he before, you know, Ray didn't even go to the states. And he's going up against a state finalist. And he's winning, 45 seconds left, he's on top, gets hit with his first stall call. So you know it's going to happen. You know what the refs are looking for in New Jersey. You better, you, you know, you guessed it. They're going for stalling. And Ray, because this was addressed and you were coaching him at the time, and this was a point that was brought up well in advance with him, like when you're on top, you go for your ride. You go for your breakdown. Don't change it up. Like keep wrestling hard. And he wound up riding him out for the win and his first and I believe only county title. So that's, that's it right there. I mean, Ray wasn't looking about getting reversed or giving up one, or none of this. It was just get to your turn on top. Don't change it up. Don't just drop to an ankle. You know, get to your offense. Yeah, and I've, I've seen it too, uh, going back to circle, right, where there's there's a guy who's up by five, six, seven points. The team is about to win the match, and the coach is telling him basically to circle <laughs> for, the, for the whole third period. Now, if you're up by five, six, seven points, chances are you could probably score another three or four in the in the third period. And circle, it's basically you're not going to wrestle for a full period of, of wrestling, right? So that's 
that's that's not okay. And and I think you can't even blame the coach. I mean, the coaches shouldn't say it, but if, if you're an athlete listening to this, you're looking to score. Now, if you're up by several points, the way you score might be different, right? I might not be taking as much risk in my takedowns, right? I might even go for slightly different takedowns. I might be looking to snap and spin. I might be look, looking to counter offense, block and attack. But if there's time on the clock, I'm looking to score. And we'll never and we'll never be like naming names or trying to throw people under. And like this is one of those situations. I, I know the match we're, we're thinking about specifically here, and we won't mention the coach's name, but this happened at a college level match, the circle, circle, circle and that and that whole thing. And, um, you know, it's so we'll never mention it. We're never going to end. When we do mention your name, we're doing it with respect. I mean, if hey, if we're on the mat together, you're a good wrestler. Like you beat us, you beat us. It's like you're a good wrestler. So it's. You know, we're you know. I hope everyone sees, and we're bringing up these names. It's it's out of love, and these are and these are good people. So, um, yeah, just circling, trying to, just trying to make a just trying to make a point there. And then and then you look, you look back to that wrestler. I remember it was a wrestler who made the round of twelve in the nationals, NCAA's, and it was like third period. You know, you need a point, and you, you don't score a takedown. You know, you don't get to the leg. And again, is it related to that one match? No, but if you make a habit out of not looking to score in the third period, it's going to be harder to score in the third period. You're used to shutting it down. Maybe you always have a lead going into the third period, but when it comes down to those tougher matches, you might need to get one, and you're training yourself not to score late in the match. So there's a lot of things that that could harm you with. Um, so it's, when there's time on the clock, we're looking to score. The strategy, the way we score might be a little bit different, but it's it's never really just circle, hang on, drop to the ankle. It's look to improve our position the whole match. It's never a wrong time to get one more. That's right. We say the best way to hold the one-point lead is to make it a three-point lead. Right. That's a fact. Um, all right, number number eight, don't get pinned or stay off your back. This should have been addressed before the mat. This should have been addressed before. I'm coaching four- and five-year-olds, and that's like one of the few things we do. We start practicing our stance, and then we go on our – I actually have them go on their backs – we're in a bridge, and then we clap or blow the whistle, and they get off their back. So if there's anything they should learn at age four or five, it's get off your back. And actually, my my son had his first match yesterday, and there was one time he was on his back, and he and he and he bridged. And I was like, that's that's we we're, we're listening. You know, there's guys that are actually trying to bridge. So it's like this shouldn't have to be addressed before a high school match. Get get off your back. Don't get pinned. It's showing a lack of confidence in your wrestler, right? Maybe. Go get a takedown. Um, score the first point. You know, fight for every single point. But stay off your back. Like we said, number one, it should have been addressed before. And number two, it's it's showing a big lack of confidence in, in your wrestler. And what is this really? This is, like, let's not kid ourselves. This is the high school dual meet with two really good teams. That's what this really is. That's the only time you're really going to hear this. You don't really hear this any other times other than the high school dual meet between big matches. And we get it. Like, Okay, this guy is the good. You know, this this hammer is wrestling this scrub. They need six. This hammer is wrestling that scrub. So it's like they need six. That kind of thing. But like, you know, some lessons are better caught than taught. And I mean, we were in high school. What all happened? Whatever happened to the good old fashioned neck bridge? I'm used to be able to tell a wrestler just by looking at their neck. I remember we bridged. We bridged almost all the time up until about my junior year in high school, and then br neck bridging stopped. I mean, almost like almost stopped entirely. There was a certain point in time where it seemed like the wrestling world stopped neck bridging. And as far as the lessons being caught, not taught, there was consequences at J.P. Stevens the first two years I was there. If they if our team, if someone got pinned, 
The whole team had to pay for that. That was another, I mean, it sounds funny, but it's like, no, we did an extra minute of bridging that day. And it was like, all right. And this, you know, it's like, we had four guys get pinned. We weren't a very good team. So we spent some times on our head and it's like, you're on your head. But you know, what happened? Guys learned how to bridge. It's actually a basic thing. It's a side point, but you do see a lot of good wrestlers that when they get to their back now, I remember Jake Herbert was talking about this. He was, you know, we don't have to mention that match, but a guy who was on the U.S. Olympic team got pinned one of the few times he went to his back, and he was he was just commenting on how people don't know how to bridge, and it's a basic thing, but sometimes we forget we forget to do that. Some good wrestlers are horrible at this. The best example I can think of is, and it just comes down to, and this is why we talk about wrestling mindset. It's sometimes just being about being tough. I mean, the best example of this is when Terry Brands got thrown to his back against Kendall Cross in the 96 World Championships. Watch that match. He bridged. Somehow he got to the point where he got it. I mean, if you watch it, like it really almost happened. Like he got his head off the mat. He bridged without his head for a second. Maybe it's because he was wrapped around them. But he almost got his head airborne. And it's like, and, and it sounds funny and everything. I know we're like laughing. It sounds and everything. But like it was because he was fighting and it was like, you know, I'm not going to get pinned. I think Jake Herbert was talking about if if you bridge if you bridge right you should really never get, you should never get pinned and there's some, there's something to it and I'm laughing but I I wasn't good at this but I was part of the group that Gene talked about that when Gene was a junior I was a freshman in high school and that's when we stopped bridging lo and behold I got I got pinned in the state finals to to Darian Caldwell shout out to him NCAA champ but again br- bridging is something that's a skill in wrestling that is important but. Going back to the original point, telling a wrestler that it shows a lack of confidence. And again, it, sh- it should have been addressed before. That's just something as a wrestler, we should be trained to fight off our back. And it's, just gonna, it's never going to help telling a kid to just stay off your back. I think it could only, I think it could only hurt. Can we share the screen? Are we able to share the screen? Now I'm, yes. thinking, we're, now I'm thinking we're the Joe Rogan podcast here. Shout out to him. He mentioned wrestling mindset. That's right. So I think it's four years ago, almost. almost, That was in October. Okay, you should be able to share. Yeah. For a lot of you people that that aren't aware of what we're talking about here, Joe Rogan mentioned us on on his podcast. He was saying there's very few rock-solid programs. He basically baited Ben Askren to do this, by the way, where Ben Askren was on the show, and he said, you know, like, how how, how are you supposed to think? Joe Rogan basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but how is the right way to think and approach your life? Which is an all-encompassing question. Like, how is the best way to think? And he's like, there's no one that, do- that teaches this. And Ben Askren actually said live on Joe Rogan's show that wrestling mindset is doing this. And Joe Rogan said, this applies to everything. And Ben Askren said, yes, it does. And that's why we have so many different um, programs in different in different sports and domains like our academic. We'll talk about some of those. Uh, those I'm in suspense. What are you looking to show here? Terry Brand's fighting for his life, using this as a good example to put himself in a position to win because of this. Obviously, we know the outcome, but the idea is that you don't go down quietly. Okay. Here's so now this is the this is bout three. Brands wins the first one. No, Cross wins the first one. Brands wins the second one. No score right now. No score right here. And and they're like, okay, we're going to have to re- – or so, I don't know. Maybe I got the order wrong. But the point is yeah. we're upper body, 0-0. Zero, zero, and it's That's the Olympics. The, Team USA is on the line defending world champ Terry Brands, defending Olympic member for Team USA, 
Kendall Cross. Stakes couldn't be higher. What happens in the beginning of the match? Basically, worst case scenario for brands. And pause it. Wait. And. And. Oh, wait. I missed it before. Easily, easily ended the match. And pause it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're right here. Here's Kendall Cross on top of Branson. I mean, like, somehow he got an, his arm underneath. <laughs> I mean, do you, have any idea, do you have any idea how hard it is to get out of that position? Exactly. I mean, I have a little bit of an idea. I wrestled before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I unshare the screen now? Stop sharing. Here we go. Yeah, so, so it's a, a little bit beyond the scope of, of this podcast. But relevant. But relevant to show the point of that's maybe a separate podcast in of itself that people need a strong neck, obviously. And we have to learn as really just American wrestling. I think it has suffered over the, <laughs> over the last like 15 years. Yeah, you hear about concussions all the time. You hear about concussions all the time. How much, I mean, do people realize that concussions are directly related to the strength of your neck? That if your neck is strong, you don't get concussed. So, you know, I mean, you th and the other thing is, do you think Terry Brands went out there in this match thinking, don't get pinned, stay <laughs> off your back? No. But the point is this. It was addressed ahead of time. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe not so much for this match, but the point is, you know you're not getting pinned. That's right. All right, since for the sake of time, I'll combine nine and 10 because I think they're similar. Two phrases. This is what you worked for all year, and this is a big match for us. It's what you worked for all year. This is a big match for us. It's essentially the same thing. It's building it up, right? It's making the match special, and we're just, we're just more likely to get nervous and not perform, right? We talk about the inverted U. It's get, good to get a little nervous. This is a big match for us. Sometimes that puts us over the top, and then it starts to hurt our performance. Right. Foc focusing on magnitude hurts performance. It's probably mindset. That's right. All right. Why don't you close out, talk about our, our franchise partner position that we're looking for, and then one-on-one -on -one training. We'll call it a day. Right. So what we're doing this a massive expansion plan that we have is we're looking to work with clubs around the country. Wrestling Mindset is now going to be working with clubs across the country. So you'll have a, your club will be Wrestling Mindset certified in the sense that we're going to have coaches that work with different wrestling clubs for free. So that's, that's the plan. We need help to do it. So we are hiring. We're looking for people who want to be club presenters, featured presenters for Wrestling Mindset, that your job is to be the expert. Now, you're going to have to go through a certification process. It takes, it takes some time to learn what we know, our philosophies, and how we do it, and how to really work with, with individuals. But if you love mindset, if you love getting out there and speaking in front of groups, if you love making a difference in kids and clubs' lives and parents, because the parents benefit from this too. This list we had today is a direct benefit to parents and coaches. Then this is something you really want to consider. So make sure you fill out. Well, I guess we'll drop a link in the show notes for how to and I was just going to say, like, the, peop the people we're looking for are former, former college wrestlers. So and that's, again, any parents watching. That's the advantage of working with Wrestling Mindset. 
right? They're not working with a therapist or a counselor. They're working with a former college wrestler who understands a system of wrestling mindset. So they're going to be passionate about mindset. They're going to be passionate about wrestling. They're going to be able to better relate to your, your son or daughter. And that's an important part because we know at least 50% of the, the results come from the relationship. That's why we have people that are on our program for over, it's crazy now, five, six, seven years. There's, there's some people that are doing the program and it's, it's relationship based, right? So there's the strategy of, of wrestling mindset. There's the, you know, the psychology, the philosophy, but then of course, there's also the relationship with his, which is just as important. Right. So we are hiring. Make sure you drop us a line if you're interested. Again, you have to love mindset. You have to really believe in wrestling mindset and what we're doing. You have to really want to have an impact on people's lives. You have to be willing to present in front of wrestling clubs. That is the key thing. And, of course, it is it is a sales position commission-based. So, um, And that doesn't go towards the wrestling clubs. But, of course, there's many individuals across the country that, unfortunately, we haven't been able to help. Because we haven't had a chance to be in front of all these people. We have 80 mindset coaches roughly across the country, but it's a big country and there's many different areas. So we want to get we want to get mindset coaches into every area of the country so we can help as many kids as we can. So, yes, that's that that's how it gets done. Make sure you reach out to us. And again, we're helping teams and individuals wrestling mindset. It's sports specific. It's wrestling specific sports psychology. We want to help the wrestlers overcome their mental blocks and win. So in wrestling, school, business, or life, mindset makes the difference. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.